deadline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspection. Army Air Force officers reported that one of the strange discs had been found and inspected sometime last week. Our correspondents in Los Angeles and Chicago have been in contact with Army officials endeavoring to obtain all possible late information. Joe Wilson reports to us now from Chicago. As a matter of fact, the 509th Atomic Bomb Group headquarters at Roswell, New Mexico, reports that it has received one of the discs which landed on a ranch outside Roswell. The disc landed at a ranch at Corona, New Mexico, and the rancher turned it over to the Air Force. Rancher W.W. Brizel was the man who discovered the saucer. Colonel William Blanchard of the Roswell Air Base refuses to give details of what the flying disc looks like. It's a very important recording. Uh, the man who did the recording, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the intro, is Walter Winchell, a very, very famous uh, news correspondent who uh, handled all the news coming in uh, during the war. And so uh, he would be the first to hear uh, some important news. And uh, when he gave that report, it, it, it drew a lot of attention because immediately uh, the people who uh, had been listening to him all through the war immediately would listen to him, whatever he was saying. And uh, take it for, uh, you and know, a gossip. God, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, credibility. It's like the Walter, like the Walter Winchell uh, would be compared to uh, Walter Cronkite, uh, like twenty years later. And uh, tonight we have uh, we have someone who uh, we're going to uh, let you listen to a uh, an episode that happened to him in Ireland. And uh, yeah, this is episode number ten. Uh, we want to thank everybody for being involved with this podcast so far. Um, Mr. Bree has been sharing his insights with us right and left. And today we're going to take a, a little bit of a turn. We're going to have our first guest on the podcast. And uh, he is, yes, that's correct. He's in um, the UK, he's in Ireland. And his name is Denver. Denver, are you here? Yes, I am. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? <clears throat> Very good. Excellente. So, Denver, um, I've personally known you for a while, and I know, speaking of credibility, you know, um, you have lots of that with me. And for whatever reason, you have had some very interesting experiences personally, which we brought uh -huh. you here to share today. Uh huh. So... Yes, in 1947, we believe uh, there was a crash landing. Uh, yes, we believe in um, UFOs. And, yet, and, uh, and yes, we believe in uh, controlling the narrative. And that's uh, why yeah. the subject has been uh, subjected to such ridicule. And uh, with, an, with an experience that you had, and to share it with the public uh, is uh, a great value. So uh, proceed to tell us uh, what happened to you in the, the last few weeks or the last month. Well, and, uh, and try I'll to describe what. it. Uh, hold well, on, Denver. Try to describe well, what, what happened with you uh, in, a, in a simple way so that people uh, well, don't uh, get dragged into uh, too much. Uh, well, you know? well, 
where I'd like to start would be my uh, my first sighting of a UFO, uh, which was uh, around two thousand and seven or eight. Because at that time I was, uh, I'm from the UK, but I live in Ireland. Uh, I was in the music industry at that time, setting up a company here in Dublin, blah, 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 blah. And I was dating this lady that worked in the media. And around about that time, her father died. And uh, she lived, the father lived about 200 miles or so away. And she wanted someone to help drive her down there uh, and organize the house sort out some stuff and bring stuff of her of her late father back to the house so i said yeah I'd, I'd help her do that and also to drive her father's car on the way home anyway on the way back we were, we were gone all day it was around six thirty, seven in the evening could have been around 7 seven thirty, even in that range getting dark uh, getting dark and, and we're on a very very busy motorway coming back from Trilly to dublin it's it's quite a hike uh, you have to go through country roads and dual, then two lane roads and one lane roads before you get eventually to the motorway for the last part of your journey. Anyway, uh, I'm estimating probably 30, 40 miles. We're on the motorway from Dublin and uh, I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm driving her father's car, which was a, it was a small little car. It was a Nissan Micro. It doesn't go very fast, 75, 80, if you're lucky. And I, I happened to glance out of my driver's window in in England and Ireland. We drive on the right-hand side of the road. So I'm looking out from the where the steering wheel is out. And, and I, look, I look into the clouds and I see an enormous disc that is something of, out of Star Trek. It is miles wide and you could see quite clearly, you know, blinking lights all the way around it and traffic was slowing down to look at this thing and so i picked up my phone because on the journey we're on the mobile phone every 20 minutes or so every uh, 40 minutes or so whatever just to keep each other company because it's like a three-hour old journey so i called her and i said gene i said look 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 out your window look to the right and she's a meteorologist that's what she does uh, as a career path and she says to me, oh, no, 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 that's just clouds. I said, I said, it's blinking lights. It's, people are slowing down to look at it and blah, blah, blah. And, and as we, we, we drove further up, we, we, we lost sight of it and we could see the traffic slowing down. And if I remember about three, four years after that, I, got, I was curious and I, and I wanted to, to see if anything was mentioned. And things were mentioned around about that time, UFO sightings, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think it, that experience didn't make me believe in UFOs or aliens or any of that kind of nonsense. Really? Were like you that. just questioning yourself kind of in a way? or, or? Not really. I, I, I looked at it like, what's that word? In, I, I was indoctrinated within society to think and believe and be a certain person and live a certain way how society says you should be and these things don't exist because the media says so don't be stupid <laughs> you know yes and you know so all of that kicked in and i thought maybe silly things run for your head maybe someone projected something onto the sky or but you, it, it soon passed 
Anyway, the irony of that story was about 10, 12 years later, Jean eventually admitted she became a, uh, a UFO uh, extremist in her own right. Hmm. Uh, she, I don't believe she's ever had an experience, but uh, this was unbeknown to me for 10 years or so. And, uh, and she, she said, yeah, uh, um, I said, what made you get into this then? She's, and she says to me, uh, what I saw on the motorway. And I, and I, and I said to you, you bitch, you this, you that, you made me feel as if I was stupid crazy. or crazy and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you, you had no right to do that. And then secretly run off and, and, and don't tell any of this to me. And so we had that kind of conversation that was fast forward in 10 odd or so years later. Anyway, uh, nothing else happened in my life. I was, I was around, how old was I about that time? 40, 43, 42, something like that. I'm 57 now, next birthday. Old man. What well, an old don't man. It, don't look it, dude. Don't look it. You know, I still, I'm, I'm still ripped. Anyway, for you ladies out there. But anyway. I'll show you this um, one. He's ripped. Uh, no, 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 no. But anyway. The next incident that I had was when my son was uh, about four and a half, five years old. And I'd moved in 2017 uh, from Dublin to a really, really nice part of Wicklow, which is on the coast, beaches. It's beautiful down there, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, uh, I collect my son Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I, I have him Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I drive 80 miles to go and get him, 80 miles to go home. And then on a Sunday, I drive 80 miles and to drop him back to his ungrateful mother. And then I drive 80 miles back home. Anyway, one particular evening, this is around October, November uh, 2017. It was just after Halloween, and I remember it well. Um, if anyone that knows Dublin, there's a road there called Long Mile, and I was coming off the motorway, uh, past the Red Cow, hooking a right onto Long Mile, and then uh, my son was in the back of the car on, on a tablet playing kiddie games for that kind of age. And I noticed to the left of me um, an array of bright, bright lights in the sky. I sent this video footage to you about a year ago, Robert, if I remember. And when you yeah. slow the footage down, blah, 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 you can see stuff there. And, yeah, it's always just hard with the with the mobile phones and, the, and yeah, the, the, the mobile phone I had at the time wasn't wasn't great, and I knew it was something odd. And there was about, if I remember, three or four so objects and one main object, and they they were like doing this weird merry dance in the in the in, in the sky, touching, going up at angles at crazy speeds, and and I thought maybe this is a laser show or something or blah blah blah. And uh, well, you have a background, and was... in, I mean, you you have studied. You 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 are a, 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 at least an amateur aeronautics person. And well, as a know, child, you know airplanes. I, yeah, well, as a kid, I'd, I'd spent eight years in the military in England because of the age that I am, because it was so close after the war. And not that I remember the Second World War, but the psychology uh, of of you know of communism in the West was still prevalent up until the 90s to a degree so england was was a, a very militarized society <clears throat> and so monday wednesdays and thursdays where, where i was from anyway um boys didn't have any choice it was frowned upon if you didn't you had to be you had to join the army cadets sea cadets which is the navy or air cadets which is the air force and, and so i did the, uh, aeronautics army. part of it 
what I, what I did army cadets and there's there's a, there's, a, there's aeroplanes and, uh, and x y and z related to that anyway because mm. we, we do all the army bases when we break up from school all school holidays belong to the army so we did all the stuff them ended and, and so as you go from age eight to, to 16 17 they're really kind of preparing you because i was i was getting very close to being uh, selected for the uh argentinian war at that time with with england and uh what year 83 it was 82 something like that mm-hmm. and uh uh and so i was very familiar with uh with military hardware, planes, Wessex helicopters. I've been up in, in, in a Wessex helicopter. It makes loads of noise. I'm used to seeing C-17s take off, F-16s, Harrier, jump jets. You know, one of, one of my uh, friends is a uh, ex-high rank, and you remember him uh, in, in, in that company, the, the chairman of Music mm-hmm. X, Jerry Connolly. So, so was, you're, uh, you're with your son. He's on his tablet. Yeah. And, and, and this time... Yeah. You know it's not airplanes. Again, I was skeptical. I didn't know what it was. And, and it's a defense mechanism too, isn't it? Yeah. And I so I dis- so I dismissed it to people. I think I, I think I put a post out on Facebook. People said, Oh, you're crazy. Drink, smoke more, go away, blah, blah, blah. But a free about three years later, I I was in my house and I uh, slowed the footage down. And I, I was like, oh, my God. And when I slowed it down to, you know, really, really slow, I thought, I almost swore then, but I've been warned not to. We, we English, we swear. I immediately realized that, wow, this is, this is, this is peculiar. And, I, and I, I sent the footage to Rob, and, and we had a little chat about it, and blah, 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 blah. And, but again, a part of you dismisses it because, you know, E.T. hasn't landed on your lawn to knock your door to shake your hand to come in for a cup of tea so you dismiss this stuff you know and so anyway uh what woke me up to uh to all of this was uh the summer of uh this year uh and i was dating this girl in in arclo uh uh and she lives opposite me. I live on the river and she lives on the other side of the river at number one. And I, I live on the south side, so the north key of the river at number one. It's, 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 it's a bit odd. But anyway, one evening, uh, uh, in fact, outside her house, you've got, and, and mine also, you've got this amazing view of the sky when, it's, when there's very few clouds, etc., etc. And I've never been a stargazer in well over 50 years I've, I, you know for me to look at the stars and look at the moon think of cheese or, or a shag or some or something romantic you know it was like that you know and, yeah, uh, so what happened yeah so I'm I'm, I'm 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 smoking a cigarette i've got a beer you know it's about eight ish in the evening it's just beautiful stars in the i'm spring, looking in the sky is, yeah how many yeah, beers? About, about may may june time or whatever this was i think <laughs> this was i've got it logged anyway yeah, and I uh, saw Bob is asking how many beers. Oh, no, I'm not a drinker. I'm a fitness junkie. Yeah, I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing yeah, I hear you. And, and so I looked up and I saw uh, a, a bright, bright light and it and it got brighter and it was moving and and it but, and then it really started to move across the sky. And Joanne said, Oh, that's got to be the satellite or 
or the Americans or the Russians or the Chinese or some bullshit like that. And I said, and I said to her, well, if that satellite is moving, and, that's, and this thing must have been doing 20, 20 30,000 mile an hour. It was booting across the sky. It was Jeez. gone. It was gone. So you just froze but, and stood at it and froze look, solid. Military jets can, can only fly at maximum 2,800, 900 miles per hour. That's the maximum. We, maybe, we, maybe you've got the technology to squeeze out of jet propulsion 3,000 miles an hour, but you'd hear that at about forty to 50,000 feet, 60,000 feet even, you'll still hear that, that jet. You'll hear it. It will sound like thunder, but a trained ear knows what it, what it is. You know, you know the difference between a jet and a bomber. A C-17 makes a completely different frequency sound, blah, 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 as do helicopters, et cetera, et cetera. Like a Wessex helicopter has got a very, very deep, Low and rumble speaking of sound, you heard no sound. Well, it was too high up to 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 to, to determine oh, that. Okay, but but there wasn't but there wasn't any sound, and we saw over the next number of days uh, a whole bunch of things like that. And I was like, "Oh my god, what, what what's the story?" Anyway, uh, you saw some for- different different shapes <laughs> of ships. Well, all they were at that time were just were just basically lights, and we'd. And and this went on for for several nights, and we we actually we used to we used to walk to the riverbank and sit, hang outside, you know, 20, 15, uh, 25 degree heat sometimes a beautiful evening, smoking cigarettes, drinking drinking a, a, a cocktail, whatever, and looking at these things and moving in the sky, thinking this is this is crazy. Anyway, one particular evening, it was uh, I uh, we were watching this stuff, and. She went back in the scared, house. Right? You told me. She no, was no, 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 no. She no. She went back in the house to put her two kids to bed. You know, because uh, it was. It, you know, if, if I remember, it could even have been the summer holidays, and because you know she's got two boys, one almost thirteen, one ten. So that they tend to want to steal. They want to try and make eleven o'clock still sound like nine o'clock. You know, <laughs> that kind of shit. You know. So so she went off to to do uh, maternal duty. And outside her house, it's a, it's a block of flats, uh, two stories, about 40 apartments in this, in this area, uh, with, you know, outdoor car park, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And they've got, as you come out into the main road, you've got trees to the left and, you know, and an anchor, blah. And so I, was, I walked to the fence where the trees were, and I was looking up uh, at this one particular uh, thing moving, and... Uh, and I felt this inc- this intense energy above me, and I could. I, it was more like from my fingertips all the way up both arms to my shoulders to my neck to my chest. I was burning. I, I felt as if I'd been put into a microwave oven. Like, it, it felt something mm-hmm. like that, and the like pressure in my body. Energy. I, I don't know what it was, and I was like, "What the." And 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 I and I felt this this I can't. It's difficult to to describe this. I felt mentally. I felt like I felt like I was somebody else. I couldn't control my 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 mental core, and I knew that. And I didn't, and I couldn't understand. I was struggling with with. In, in this was, particular incident, it was closer to you. It was, it was something above me, and this happened over 
10, 15 seconds. And I was like, and you can, it's a bit like if, if someone comes up behind you with, with, a, with a cigarette lighter and they, they, they strike it and they put it on your, on your, on your bum and they're burning you, <laughs> you, you, you'd feel it 20, 30 seconds later. You know, it's, it's a bit like that kind of feeling, but it was everywhere. It was all over my body. Mm-hmm. And so I looked up and as I looked up, all I could see was a fucking, Jesus Christ. All I could see was was this enormous tri- triangle. It was enormous. This thing had to be, Jesus Christ, several football fields long down each side. It was enormous. All I could see were um, it had six lights. I remember it had six lights underneath it, one at each corner and, and one in the middle of it. And it had a center light that was very kind of doled out. I couldn't see what any kind of craft. All I could see was this enormous thing. And it went over me so slowly. And then it went like gone. Like in, in two sec, two, three seconds, he went chunk, chunk, chunk. And it just, and I was like, exact. And, quiet, it, and it, quiet. it was gone. It was just, it just vanished it into the sky. And I was like, and I was like, and the shot, the memory of it is like that evening changed, changed. Jesus, I can barely talk. That evening changed my life. And I was like, wow. And I, then you knew when mm-hmm. not really I, I i went into the house and i tried to explain to 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 to, uh, to joanne what had just happened to me and i was like blah, 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 blah. i was like this trying to talk you were, like, you were tongue-tied yeah yeah I, I was i was in genuine shock as a human being i, I was like what did i just see and i was like oh my god and it took me a good 10 minutes or so, five minutes or so, I don't know, to to explain to her what, what had just happened to me. So anyway. Um, Hold on a second, Dan. But what, now let me correlate the date on this. Was, was, when was this? Uh, I, can, I can look onto my phone because uh, I think this is May, June of this year, was it, Rob, if I remember? Hang on. So I've got a log right. in my phone of when this was. I'd say exactly when this was. I just I'd like to look into like the um, the location of the sighting. Maybe it was recorded and and seen and observed. By, oh, it's uh, a, it was. It, all this stuff was seen by um, lots of people. Neighbors are seeing this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't just us. Just going to get the details. This was July. This is in July. Do you, do, you, July. do you have any contact with these neighbors? Could you could you speak to these neighbors to get a little statement from them and what they saw? Yeah, I mean, they... all all they're going to say is we'd say, "Look at that! Look, can you see that?" And they go, "Oh, it's a shooting star! Oh, ah, you know, I'll be in church on Sunday." They're just they're too skeptical, you know. Or they'll Bob, say to you, "That's an airplane." You know, there were like other that. witnesses. Um, you even you even reported it. A few different times. Well, it went on. It went on that week so often. I I, I went to my local police station and uh, and I, I I spoke to a police officer and he says to me, "What's up?" And I said to him, "Look, I don't know what to say." Blah 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 blah. And uh, 
So I told him and he said, well, I'm going to take it seriously. I, I kind of believe in these things. And other people have been talking about these things all week, apparently, of seeing things in the sky, wondering what they are. You know, because at that time there was a lot of, it was in the media about the uh, American disclosure document from the government and all that kind of stuff was going on. Yeah. So that was being hyped, you know. So, you know, so that kind of went on for about, no, four or five days and then no more sightings for a few weeks or so after that and then in ireland i looked at i i've looked into this though ireland is 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 one of the hot spots uh of the world for sightings it, yeah yeah a lot of activity yeah oh also something i forgot to tell you the next day i woke up and i can send you a picture of this i think i already did of the yeah. burn marks on my hand mm-hmm and uh, and and it, you can it, and it took about six six seven weeks to heal. It was you know, a doctor couldn't say what it was. And so it was, this ship, it, this 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 big ship must have been pretty close for you to see the shape of it. Because in most cases, at the you know the sightings are at night. Man, and, and dude, aircraft thing, always have lights shining down, so therefore you can't see behind the lights. Mm-hmm. Well, no, this really this thing was less than a thousand feet above me. That's pretty low. Yeah, and you were, less you know, than a thousand. It makes feet. more sense for the size and the, how close it was for him to feel that type of energy. Oh what, yeah, oh sure. What surprised what surprised me was the size of the thing. But what surprised me the next day was the burn mark. But if you look at the photograph, there was a certain area of that burn as if something was 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 uh, was placed uh, there. And I've had an X-ray of it, uh, a deep thing, and they're saying there's nothing there. But it, but I felt something organically was put into me. I know it sounds crazy, because since that episode with that UFO, I feel. two things one i'm unquestioning my my human role i'll come to that at some later mm-hmm. point but uh, but uh, and also the system blah 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 blah. but at, at, at the same time i don't want to go off track here uh well everyone has something existential connection with this like our existence no, but what, and- what it is i'm trying to say something that doesn't make me sound like I'm crazy or lock him up, you know, you felt a connection, a direct connection. For the want of a better word for about a month. No, but I'd say for about six to eight weeks and even to a lesser degree. Now I've, I've been having these, these dreams, deep, deep dreams, uh, things in my house get switched on and off last night, for example, because I live alone during the week. So work from home. Um, there were things moving around upstairs. I'm not. I'm not afraid of ghosts, but as a, what I'm hearing moving around isn't ghostly, you know. And I, I feel uh, so connected to them, <laughs> like consciously connected to something, to the point that these things started becoming closer to me and maybe and uh, to the point where you could see you know craft with lights let me explain so about 
three months ago, no, about two months ago, uh, there was a bit of a lull in the sightings from July uh, into August. But about two months ago, they kind of started up again in the area. And we started to see uh, these blinking lights that were just hovering. And Joanne saw that uh, you should interview her, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. should be should, should be a good interview for you for because she'll give you a completely different perspective as to what she saw with me mm -hmm. in one particular evening uh we saw and this is quite low right oh mm -hmm. uh there's two incidents that happened uh because we live on the coast one evening we saw uh, a, a flashing light that was coming uh towards us from the ocean and it was blinking red, white, bit of green, stuff like that, you know? Kind of like and that one you videoed. Yeah. Was it Was it that shape? No, 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 no. Oh. You couldn't really see what kind of a shape it was. So what happened was it, it was coming closer. It was coming closer and closer and closer and closer. And uh, it was coming closer and closer and closer and closer. And, uh, and you didn't know what it was. Yeah. And, uh, and, <laughs> and you're getting and farther and farther what it away. Was. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know. And I didn't know what it was. And as it was coming close and close and closer, um, um, you start to see the shape. No, no, you, you still couldn't see it. But as the light was coming, you couldn't see the craft, but you could kind of see. You could tell it was a craft, and it was flying around 250, 300 meters above us. Not even. Probably mm -hmm. closer to 150, 200 meters. Wow. All right, this us. is super close. And so, yeah, so it flew over the house, and all I could hear was a humming sound. Nothing, it, was a, it, was a, it had a frequency to it. So Not it like wasn't deep. No. What it was, and this thing was, this thing was about... 50 to 60 feet in uh, whatever the craft was about 150 meters above the house and it flew over the house uh, i didn't see the lights on the back of it and i and, and i couldn't really re remember to tell you the configuration of the lights above it because it was traveling at around 75 miles an hour really, really if not mm. if not Fruity. less yeah now Again, let's go back to my militarized upbringing. Nothing can fly that's, you know, 50 to 60, 60 50 foot, uh, foot craft can fly at that speed, at that height, and stay afloat. It, it's, it's, it, it's, it, 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 it just, it's not possible within mm -hmm. human physics. Mm -hmm. It's not. And I knew that. And she was saying to me, that's a drone. I said, I said, look, if, if you could buy, if a consumer could buy a 60-foot drone tomorrow, you could invade Iraq. You know? <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't a drone. You, you can't buy drones like that. You could fly to work if you could buy a drone that big. You, you know, you'd be and famous. And the in the paper. where you've seen zigzagging and then psh, they're gone. Yeah. I mean, you're and, talking and, about and, subsonic speeds. Yeah. Supersonic and speed. so this thing cruised... Yeah several miles in the distance and then shot up to, uh, to about 20,000 feet in about f three or four seconds. 
if that. And Joanne, Very quickly. Joanne was scared. Was this the time when she got really scared? Yeah, and that's and that that was the evening she she was she was petrified. She was petrified. What she was? I remember she was I scared. asked you. You didn't take pictures, and and then you explained to me she was screaming the whole time. I, I tried. Yeah, she's 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 she's, she's that kind of a she's a, a girl with a I'd say an an hysterical nature. She's that kind of, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, there's going to be an earthquake. Oh, my God, it's fracturing. This thing is going to bring Godzilla in. I, I know it is. There could be she's lots of people in that category. You don't know till you get there. Yeah, yeah. She's that kind of cat, man, you know. So so anyway, uh, what happened uh, after that um, has been really the past, say, four weeks. As I've been collecting my son, um this is about um I, I, when i sent you this first footage was about i was telling you i was seeing these craft on the way home for about two right two and that's the, by the way the video is on our website um yeah. ufos top com. you guys can check yeah. it out but um, my, again it was just son, a, a mobile phone yeah and at, and very dark but you can see yeah. the different color lights and you can also yeah. see that it it the way that it moves is very unique and 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 this is and that that particular craft is only less than five hundred feet above me, on the other side of the motorway, very close to me. But I'll come to well, that in a second. One of the unique things about your story and our stories <laughs> is mm -hmm. is that um, you, um, you you you've seen them repeatedly in the same in the same places. In the same that places, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, so I'm sorry. So go carry on. We got a few more minutes. Um, and so what great. happened was, I'll be I'll be very quick at this. So so what happened was around about that time, me and Joanne started to see these big diamond craft, uh, uh, huge diamond craft shaped lights in the sky, where you know it was like a row of lights with a cross. And then one light at the at the front, one light at the back, and as the backlight went out, the thing would move three or four miles, and, the, and it would just be skipping across the sky. I'd be like, "Damn, Denver! So all, these, all those excuse me, Denver! All those lights were were uh, white lights, right? No white lights. Or, yeah, yeah, there were white lights. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so over the past number of weeks, these craft have, be, have, have been coming closer and closer and closer and closer to us, especially me, and so. Mm. For, set, for two weekends, I was I was seeing these things in the sky in Dublin. And one evening, I said to my son, you know, uh, the Friday, the Sunday before, blah 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 blah. And and he said, Ah, don't be stupid, Dad. And I said, Well, look at that. And he said, Oh my God! And he was looking at it. He goes, And he's he's now probably going to be. He's only ten next birthday, but he's I believe his recent experiences may push him towards his field one day. Who knows? Hmm. Anyway, yeah, yeah. on the way back, uh, I pulled over on the motorway, uh, witnessed a few things, these crafts, and then I called Rob. And then I drove home, saw more on the way home, the same identical craft. Um, and and, and for the sake of our this, podcast, you got that pirate video. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the following you, weekend... Uh, Denver, Denver, you have knowledge about uh, FAA uh, regulations and rules in, in England and, and the uh, UK. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't, a, wouldn't it be a violation to only have white lights? Because the, uh, when I read that, 
the lights have to be on uh, for specific reasons of specific the red and the yeah, the, those yeah, lights. Especially for planes. You've got Dublin Airport there, so planes are landing constantly and not too far away. And a lot of these sightings are, are, are only 10 miles from mm -hmm. the airport by plane. By road, it would be a, bit, a little bit longer, but by plane, it's, 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 it's five minutes, you know. But where these sightings are, where they're coming from, it's, it's not a flight path at mm. all. And so on the third weekend... Uh, it was uh, a Friday, Friday evening. And at this point, you kind of went looking for him. No, no, no. This is what started it all. I picked up my son around 6.30. On the way home, we popped into McDonald's. I got him a happy meal. I bought a cup of tea. And I'm, I'm standing outside my car. We've decided to eat it in the car park. I'm smoking a cigarette, looking across. It's about to go dark, you know, 7.30, quarter to 8. Beautiful as the dark comes into the light. And you could see these craft that are flying so low. I knew there were aeroplanes and I walked towards it. And there was a guy sitting in, sitting in an, an electric car with his son. And I said to the guy, look, dude, that's a UFO. And he looked at me, goes, blah, 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 whatever you're drinking, smoking, the usual skeptical stuff. And then his son said, oh, my God, dad, look, 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 look over there. And to the right of us, there was uh, uh, a, 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 a huge disc in the in the, in 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 the clouds again with all lights all the way around it, and at this point there was about twenty five thirty five people looking at this stuff, and watching this, this display. Dusk, right, there's still a little bit of light. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't believe it. You know, so you could actually see the ships. Could actually see them. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm going to fast forward this, and then. On the Sunday, when I was dropping him back on the Sunday, we we saw them uh, more lights in the sky on the way home, back to his mum's. So when I dropped him off and I came back, this is the third weekend. What I did, um, uh, I pulled over at the same spot on the motorway, thinking, "Ah, uh, who knows?" I was just being nostalgic, and then I saw. Uh, uh, this light coming towards me about. 700 to 1,000 feet, if that. And I knew it wasn't an aeroplane. Cruising? Uh, yeah. And so, and this thing flew towards me, uh, changed direction, and I was I was on the motorway, and you could see, and this thing then came lower to within, I'd say, 500 feet of me standing beneath a lamppost. I was on the phone to you at the time, and I was going, Yeah, you hey. pulled over, right? And yeah, I'd already, I'd, I, I already had pulled over and I, and I was, I can't remember the language I was using. Stop, stop, please don't go away. I'm here. I'm here. Don't go. I was like, I remember saying that shit to you on the phone. Yeah. I, was, I thought you were I talking needed a witness to this stuff. <laughs> and this thing was above me and it banked and glided off to the right hand side of me. And I was like, and I could see underneath it. Uh, it, it, it had, it was quite large. Um, I would say this thing had to be f three or four football fields in 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 in, in length, and it Is had this a disc or a, or a triangle or a diamond. Well, underneath it was like a triangle, but it but it but it but I'll come to that in a second. All you, all you could see was the underneath of it, and it, but it but the underneath of it 
sorry, I beg your pardon. The underneath it wasn't like a triangle. The underneath of it was like uh, like a diamond shape, but but mm -hmm. across the diamond shape at the top, it had one continuous row of lights. And then you had a light at the front, a light at the uh, at the back, and a light. Uh, does that make sense? It's hard to explain. I have to. I'll have to. I have to draw you a picture and send it to you. What I saw. Anyway, that bogged off, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And, uh, and the way you describe the car, banking, it, it changed what, directions like nothing, right? It lifted up and banked and glided when off, it and again, it banked sound. in a way that an airplane cannot do. Well, this thing was the size of several football fields, 500 uh, meters above me. But what was interesting, I didn't feel any radiation stuff off this thing this time. I didn't feel any of that kind of uh, pressure or blah. But what got mm. me was the, the, was that you couldn't hear it, didn't make a sound. How could something that big stay up that was so heavy? And then my next memory was I'm in the car, I'm calling you, you uh, 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 and you're saying so. So we're on the phone, or cause we kept uh, hanging up and calling each other because we we're trying to get the camera set up. And and then I called you back, if I remember, and you gave me the night settings for the Samsung. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> and then do as you're can. doing do that, uh, yeah, dude. And as you were doing that, I remember I looked in the mirror and I went, "Oh, I went, oh, oh my God, it's another one!" I said, and "That's like so." Mm -hmm. So I hopped out the car, and and uh, this one as it was coming towards me in the same direction as the previous one, I've got this little monocular binoculars. And so as it got a little closer, I thought, I wonder if I can pick it up with this thing. And I did. And I saw it. I looked at it. I was like, oh, my God, it's a fucking disc. Excuse my language. <laughs> I had to say it. And yeah. you, could, you could see that the, these the lights underneath it were flashing in some kind of propulsion system. But it was a disc like a saucer-shaped disc, and it had portholes all the way around it, and I could see, like, a dome on top of it and another kind of, like, dome underneath it that was... I was like, F I was like fucking hell. Like two flying saucers facing each other? Like our little entry, no, it, uh, entrance it, it, it uh, clip like we played? <laughs> it looked like a classic <laughs> flying saucer, dude. Like what mm -hmm. you saw from the 50s. I, I know it sounds and it crazy. it could be what you were describing as a diamond shape or triangle shape before because at night it's yeah. so hard. You yeah. can't see past yeah. the lights when a, yeah. when an airplane or a craft yeah. is shining down on you. I'm speaking like I've had a lot of experiences. I have had one, not quite like yours, but enough to convince me that it wasn't yeah. Uh, yeah. man-made. And that, the and banking, that was the, point. the zigzagging that you were describing um, yeah. and the way that they disappear so fast. Yeah. I mean, yeah it's mind and that and that was the point when i then had the night settings and i took that video and i sent it to you right. within 30 <laughs> seconds of me taking i fancy video. myself uh, a podcast yeah. producer so i do what yeah. i can but what we are gonna do yeah. next i think is get but you within 30 seconds i'd actually reports. sent you that video within 30 seconds yes and it is on our website folks ufostopsecret.com yeah. Um, yeah. Did Rob Rob tell you about those binoculars? Yeah, well, Denver sent them to me in the oh, first place. Oh. But yeah, we've been we've been trading some. Uh, oh, that's links pretty pretty Amazon. cool. I think those binoculars. Well, you can if get you had infrared those. binoculars that record on an SD card yeah. uh, for less than two hundred bucks on Amazon that have four yeah. four and a half stars. So uh, yeah, I'm then you got to keep your head still. <laughs> 
Well, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. yeah, you're going to get them from uh, from this podcast. We're going to sponsor because you're going to be checking in with us every once in a while. We are eye in the sky. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. <laughs> what you're going to do yeah, is yeah. the next time you see them, you put them on. I mean, you put them to your eyes, but then you put your chin on the edge of your your car so you keep your head still. Bob is talking yeah. about how shaky well, the, what, the the cell phone what, video was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but if if I had better equipment, I believe I could capture uh, these things. But uh, you know, you gotta bring uh, a camera crew I'm, around I'm, with I'm, you. Well, I'm, I, 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 I've definitely well, developed podcast, an interest. This podcast in this will field. be sponsoring. Uh, we'll be sending you a set of those. So look in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may yet hold. So Denver, that, I do but... want you. We do want you to check back in when you have. Um, any updates to share with us? Mm -hmm. uh, especially if, they, yeah. if uh, especially if you have some lack of time where you, you have like a two hour, you can't figure out where you were for those two hours. You know, well, let I've, us know. I've, I've not been, well, I've, I've yeah. not been the same since the, the, the first triangle sighting and it's altered my perception of lots of things that I'm, I'm struggling with now mentally, believe it or they've not. Could, they've could have come into your sleep. And abducted you right out of the bed. It's not the first time that this type of experience has been described. Mm. And there's yeah. usually more to the story, um, mm. which may be one of our guests coming up in the, in the next few weeks. Um, we have a, 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 a psychologist who's had uh, okay. some, yeah. some personal in-person experiences, which we'll be yeah. describing her experience. Ha has that yeah. hand uh, uh, injury went away? Yeah, it, it took it took good seven, eight weeks to heal. Was it itchy as it was, it was healing? It was like a, a burned on Was it scab swollen? Kind of was it a Yeah, a it was scab? kind of swole up off his skin. A little bit raised up. Mm -hmm. A crusty scab like on it? No, no, it was more like a burn. Yeah. I mean, because I, he sent me a picture of it. Um, the good thing it didn't happen on your dick because that would have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, but what I'll do, I'll send you, I'll send you guys some pictures of, of, of my hand. You, you, uh, you, you have, to, in fact, I can send you a, a, a picture of that now. I have it. Yeah, um, we, we may, we may, we could post that on the, on the site as well. But Denver, I want to yeah, thank you for your time. I know it's like one in the morning over there right now. We yeah, really yeah, get, to, get to sleep yeah. or go outside. Yes. We'll Please, do. Uh, we do want you to come in with more original content, firsthand experiences. Uh, and this is the first time we've we've done this kind of thing, and we appreciate you sharing that with us here on. Well, dude, I'll, I'll, I will hold you to the binoculars. I will, I, I will, I will hold you to that. That'd be a nice. Well, depending on the shipage, because we have a lot of offshore uh, <laughs> uh, offloading, it could get stuck on a boat. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. by Easter. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denver yeah, from yeah. Ireland. Anyway. we thank you again. We're gonna play. Uh, uh, we're gonna be back in, in about thirty seconds. Stick with us. We got segment two coming up. Denver. We'll All be right. back with All you right, soon, guys. hopefully, with more first-hand accounts. Thank you. No worries. Good night. Take care, guys. Take care. First segment was something else, huh, Bob? Yeah, it was uh, certainly um, 
uh, in-depth uh, analysis of, uh, of what he experienced. And uh, I, I hope uh, he gets some more uh, sightings uh, to describe to us in the future. But uh, now we're going to talk about a, uh, a speech that uh, John F. Kennedy made in 1961 at the Waldorf Astoria. Here it is. Very interesting speech. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence. in the response and dedication of our citizens, whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. 
Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that speech really does say a lot, even though you don't think it does say much. Um, if you listen to it uh, a second time, uh, you, you hear the the uh, the insistence on President Kennedy's uh, reluctance to have a secret society, uh, shadow government, uh, as he calls it, uh, run things, and uh, it lies outside the uh, the spectrum of Congress and the uh, the public. He was definitely alluding to that. I mean, it was all about truth versus secrecy. Kennedy was briefed in the uh, final days of the Eisenhower um, administration uh, on the the disappointment that Eisenhower had with what he called the military-industrial complex. And he shared this, uh, this fear with Kennedy... And uh, as I spoke last week, uh, Kennedy was also involved with someone else that uh, I will get to in a minute. But uh, this little triangle of information that that, that, uh, interacted with Kennedy gave him uh, an awareness uh, of this UFO situation. By the way, by the way, just to stop you for one second, uh, I think it's episode number five. We played that Eisenhower speech about the military industrial complex. So you guys check it out. It's in the title of one of our earlier podcasts about Eisenhower did he warn us mm-hmm. yeah and that and that warning was was uh, you know conveyed to Kennedy and Kennedy took it upon himself to uh, try to break up the CIA's uh, operations uh, which was not going to be <laughs> going down with the ease and the more that he uh, tried to control the CIA's operations uh, the more he uh, ran into a wall, so to speak. So he took it upon himself to travel 
to different military bases around the country that he thought might be able to inform him of the uh, UFO situation and what was going on. And uh, he found out enough that uh, he felt that he wanted the public to know this. And uh, the more that he pressed uh, the officials to, to go along with this, the more he was uh, denied. And uh, I think this was about two years before he was assassinated. And he, uh, but I love what he said at the end about providing information within the narrowest limits of national security. Like the only thing you can withhold is narrow, a narrow definition of, of national security reasons for redacting documents, right? Which mm-hmm. we know is misused all the time. Yeah, John Kennedy was uh, an unusual politician in that he uh, he wasn't just um, a military uh, veteran. Uh, he, he was involved with um, intelligence operations, and uh, he became very friendly with... Uh, Secretary of State's uh, James Forrestal. And uh, before James Forrestal passed away, uh, James Forrestal shared some significant uh, classified information with John Kennedy. And uh, that also uh, amplified John Kennedy's uh, awareness of the uh, UFO story. Uh, but you're talking about Forrestal, who, according to to you, you informed me in one of our previous podcasts. How did he die? Forrestal is an interesting man. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I always uh, bring him up because of his aircraft carrier, which is named after him. And uh, there's very few individuals in our world that are privy to have a aircraft named Especially after them. Especially after they supposedly committed suicide? Yes. Uh, he, he was uh, involved in this... Uh, Majestic 12 group, which I have spoken about in previous episodes, which uh, I I highly recommend to you further check out. Uh, And Forrestal was a a member of this group, and he disagreed. uh, He agreed with John Kennedy that this subject should be shared with the public, the biggest story of our lives. Both of these men are dead now. And I'm just pointing it out, just an average citizen here, pointing out something that looks obvious. Now, two years later, after Forrestal was uh, involved with this group, uh, he, he came down with a mental uh, illness, and uh, he was uh, brought to uh, Bethesda Medical Center and uh, placed in uh, a voluntary uh, quarantine, so to speak, on the uh, sixth floor, I believe. I'm not sure if it was a little higher or lower, but uh, it was quite up in the air, and uh he wound up uh, jumping out of the window, and he had a uh, a bathrobe uh, apparently tied around his neck. So uh, the report was that uh, Mr. Forrestal, uh, you know, couldn't handle the uh, the truth, and uh, he was uh, pressuring uh, his members to uh, agree with him, and. Uh, it didn't work out so well, and it looks like Truman put... Uh, so in a moment of frustration, he just dove out the window with a robe tied around his neck. Yeah, he was followed by, by agents who knew that he wasn't uh, 
uh, happy with the uh, the consensus of the uh, the Majestic Twelve group to keep this from the American public, and, and it was so, top, so, it was two levels above top secret at that. So even yeah, so even the, that may have been part of the, the secrecy level on this subject was so high uh, and uh, controlled that uh, Truman and uh, other people, I assume, in the group uh, wanted to keep an eyeball on uh, Forrestal and. Uh, in fact, the week or the day that uh, Forrestal's brother was going to come visit him uh, is when uh, this tragedy occurred. And uh, for the man to uh, have died from mental illness, which uh, is kind of odd because of his um, knowledge in, uh, I mean, he physically didn't show any he was, wasn't he a commander of the Air Force? Or he was like a general or something. I mean, I yeah. mean this man had so many titles. Uh, These officers titles. in the military usually are so weak mentally, right? And someone they would choose to be the pivotal person to that was in the ground on the ground level of this whole thing. He was like the first one of the MJ-12. If, exactly. If Truman appointed on, him and Vandervar Bush to put this group together. So it was up to Forrestal and Bush to figure out who would be the, fir, uh, so what the perfect you, what people. You, what's your gut feeling here? He, he he told his wife and they were bugging the phones, just like we know with Bob Lazar's and other stories where they bugged the heck out of everyone's Well, phone. they keep an eye on him, you mm -hmm. know, and uh, maybe they, they watched him talk to people that he shouldn't be talking to and opening up his mouth. Um, but um, I just find it odd that uh, such an important man would be uh, all of a sudden would go uh, down that way would go down that way but they they honored him by putting a, an aircraft carrier in his name which is a real uh, a real honor i mean there's very few people like i said before who have aircraft carriers named in their in their name and uh being an mj12 member makes it unique I mean, uh, <laughs> it's kind of odd, though, isn't it? If you committed suicide and they name an aircraft carrier after you. Yeah, well, they don't list it as suicide. They want they list it as a mental uh, illness. Maybe he tripped. You know, uh, I've heard stories where he was pushed. I mean, I've heard all kinds of stories, uh, but uh, it does find it. I, I do find it odd that he wasn't under uh, observation by uh, security guards. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, uh they don't leave a, per a person of that statue just in a in a hotel in a in a hospital. We room. were getting a donut, and when we got back, he was gone. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like the same thing that happened to uh, a fella in the Metropolitan uh, Correctional Well, I think facility. there's plen plenty of people that believe that it wasn't a random assassination on JFK, and he had plenty of enemies. If you just go down the list of power brokers and money people and the powerful, yeah, people. all this, all this, uh, this stuff falls onto what they call a conspiracy. And uh, the the thing about these so-called little uh, theories of of conspiracy on JFK's death is that when you reflect back, the one thing that always gets my muster is. The fact that Lee Harvey Oswald had a positioning in the uh, eighth floor depository, the book depository in Dallas, and the the motor route for the 
for the presidential uh, routes are, are classified. I mean, they, no one knows Until those like, routes. Uh, a few so, days before. Not even right. a few days, maybe uh, day 10 before. minutes. No, no, no. These oh, things really? are classified because they're afraid of of anybody picking up a transmission of where the where the route's going to go and they so in other words how did he have prior did knowledge to know to be in that window with a gun that apparently is a was a bolt rifle action but fired two exactly fast shots which one of those rifles cannot do that exactly went two different angles and uh, come the, on. The, yeah. the 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 lone bullet theory which was the uh, key piece of the warren commission uh, tries to formulate a, a, a direction for this bullet to travel in a, in a very unusual way, and it just doesn't. It just doesn't fit. Kind of like kind of like Denver's UFO when it was zigzagging. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, and, and the fact that the the speculation of of um, I mean, if it was a Bruce Willis movie, maybe he would have maybe the. You know, bounce it like five times and goes at three different angles. And, yeah. But once once Oswald was uh, in that building and uh, fired these uh, these shots, I mean, he would have had to been placed there previously to to hang and out to know keep a sandwich and there with a bottle the of water. He wasn't in a position to have any knowledge. He didn't know anybody. Well, and we'll never know from his mouth. Well, all all the stories of of Oswald is that he was a uh, you know a Russian uh, anti-American uh, communist, you know. But the 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 follow-up to to Oswald and the and the much overlooked uh, direction of of Oswald's um, f- final hours is that he he was brought through a area in the police uh, department. Which gave him a, a easy access to uh, someone to come in there and take Oswald out. And uh, very shortly after Oswald was arrested, Jack Ruby appeared and stuck a bullet right in his uh, chest and, sh- and took him out. And then the next thing, you know, Jack Ruby is put in jail and he dies. And you wonder he got the is that story <laughs> that story of a dead man told no dead man tell no tales, you know Oswald was never been able to Oswald never was brought before a commission to be investigated to ask questions. Either was Jack Ruby because I mean this is like a double cover up. Come on, a cover up of the cover up. This mm-hmm. is like that's very mafia stuff. And, and, and now when you start to get into the conspiracy parts of of JFK's. Uh, uh, reason for uh, for being assassinated it becomes even more astounding and uh it involves the uh, uh the uh the government that that they actually set up an assassination to take out the president because of his his uh hatred for the cia and his interest apparently uh in this subject of ufos is concrete and uh the more i read and and check things out and discuss these things with other people who've done similar research and checking uh facts out uh kennedy uh, had a problem with the uh, cia and that didn't go down well and during uh investigations over the decades uh papers have been discovered which imply that there was a uh, a committee which 
turns out to be the Majestic 12, uh, didn't like his, uh, his uh, urge to bring this subject to the public. And so there was an issuance of uh, an assassination directive uh, to the CIA and a, a document, uh, which I guess it's uh, called a document now, uh, it's a, a burned memo, which indicates uh, a term in it to remove um, Lance, which was Kennedy's uh, his uh, code name for the in the Secret Service, and there's a as a word that's used in there uh, for elimination, and and the word is wet, and wet is a word is used in the Russian KGB, which means uh, blood. And uh, mm. they, they, they speak a little bit in this memo, which was found after it was taken out of a, a, a fire. And so it's been called over the years by uh, investigators. Uh, it's called the burn memo. Mm. And it's uh it has led to a uh, further uh, other other papers that have showed up, which uh, show that the FBI was keeping a close eye on Marilyn Monroe and her affairs with John Kennedy. And uh, turns out that Jack Kennedy may have told Marilyn Monroe what he knew about these uh, these objects that are being concealed by our government and 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 the cia wasn't even that old no and it was true it started under truman so and shortly thereafter was already in some deep water with mk ultra well they weren't in deep water because it was found out later but they were they were doing the mk ultra project mm -hmm. which was later leaked which yes. was some unethical experiments done on human subjects mm -hmm. so this was in the 1950s. So if you think the CIA was up to all good stuff, look up MK Ultra. Yeah. I, 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 I could get deeper into this whole connection with Marilyn and JFK, but that I could leave I that for another episode. episode on that. We have but, to. <laughs> uh, that, that whole, uh, story is more than just a theory. And, uh, uh, you know, people tell certain things to, uh, their spouses or their girlfriends when they're, engaged in love and uh, sometimes they shouldn't talk about things that they shouldn't talk about because uh, it, it it could be used against them can i talk about the can we talk about the roswell incident one more time can we go out oh yeah you want to listen to that sure <laughs> We want to thank all of y'all for coming into the podcast we had a long episode today but it was a good episode so first hand like account we'd like to end it with our uh, Official news, news account. Flash. News flash. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. Army officers say the missile, found sometime last week, has been inspected at Roswell, New Mexico, and sent to Wright Field, Ohio, for further inspection. Army Air Force officers reported that one of the strange discs had been found and inspected sometime last week. One of the discs had been found. This is authentic ABC radio broadcasts. Okay, folks, just wanted to let you know that from 1947 of the Roswell incident as it was first reported. 
the real stuff because that's what we do here. Mr. Bob Bria, it's important to him to share the truth. Right, Mr. Bria. We'll see you guys next week. Greetings, Earthlings. You have discovered the podcast Why Are UFOs Talk?